0: The cat sat on the it's not always the big things that change the world. It's the small acts of kindness that happen repeatedly over a lifetime that make the world a better place. So every week we share a story of someone like you who is doing good in the world in their own way. Welcome to Doing
1: Good with Carmen Herbert.
0: Hello everyone and welcome to Doing Good. I am your host, Carmen Herbert, and today I am so excited to have my amazing, talented, beautiful friend, Bree Welch on the podcast today. And Brie, I'm especially excited to have you because you have your own podcast. I do. And so this is like such a treat that you would come on my little podcast <laughs> and seriously, and you are a woman of many talents, and we get to talk all about that today. But among among your amazing talents, you are an actress and vocalist. You've studied and performed theater in Utah, London, Yellowstone, New York City, and of course, Walt Disney World. How amazing is that? Um, Brie has her degree in musical theater from Weber State University. You performed in venues all across Utah, including and still right now, Hale Center Theater, The Grand, the Ellen Eccles Centerpoint Legacy Theater, and the Salt Palace. Brie studied vocal performance for over 10 years, and you are recently, w- within the last few years, the owner and photographer of Pepper Fox Photo. And like I said, you you host your own podcast, which is called Pepper Fox, the Pepper Fox Podcast. Yep. So you are so talented and have done so many amazing things. And Brie and I met at my father-in-law, Governor Herbert Gala, yes. when we got to sing the songs from Wicked together
1: which was a dream, which was
0: so fun. You were Alphaba and I was Galinda and it was so awesome to sing with you. Like I, I sing, I'm a singer, but I'm not, I'm not a musical theater singer. So to be on stage with like a professional that like you, honestly, I'm like, I feel like you just elevated me. Like you were so much fun to sing with and to watch just how you acted and came alive. And I i can't believe you haven't played Alphaba like actually on Broadway. One day. <laughs> We're putting it out in the universe right now. One day. Uh, have you ever tried out for that role anywhere?
1: No. no. No, because I haven't lived in New York. So like rights for shows will go through Broadway first, right? It'll yes. have a Broadway run and yes. then it will start tours, but it will not be released to like communities until – they've milked every last penny out of those things. So like if you've ever wondered why you haven't seen Phantom of the Opera at a community theater, it's because it's still milking for all of those things. So you can only see Phantom of the Opera on a tour or in New York. And because I live in Utah and that's my jam, I haven't, I haven't ever auditioned for it, but I would love to. Do you think that's to. coming? Like what,
0: what are, what's the criteria for, okay, okay, now we're going to release this like, oh. like, because some, like, like you said, like fan of the Opera goes on forever. forever and then others like Aida and Joseph and it, it's released. Like, it seems like sooner
1: maybe. Yes, so wait, Why? Sooner. Why is that? Um, It all depends on how the show is doing And if there's still interest to see it on Broadway Once the show kind of slows down on Broadway They need to make money from it elsewhere But because like Wicked has not slowed down ever anywhere It's like they don't need to make money off of it anywhere else I think it's going to be a bloodbath when it does happen Every theater is just going to be on it I have no idea I would love to say that it's soon And honestly with like coronavirus and Broadway being shut down I wonder if a lot of other shows that wouldn't have made it to community theaters earlier would be forced to move on to other things.
0: That makes sense because they're not getting that revenue like they usually do for the shows. So let's talk about your journey as an actress and being in musical theater and then kind of your transition to photography and, and being a podcast host. So have you always known like, musical theater is your jam like that's what you've always wanted to do or I was, was it something
1: you, were you a late bloomer okay I was a late bloomer which I think worked to my advantage because I didn't have a lot of like weird habits from singing as a kid that transferred over I feel like so I started do, my first show I think was my freshman year in high school so and so I didn't have my dance experience I didn't have voice lesson experience because I had heard all these things about people saying, oh, well, you have to wait till your voice is mature and all that kind of stuff. Which, you, by the way, is like around 24 for a woman. So you would wait your whole life. You have to wait forever <laughs> right, to start working on that. No, but I, so I started taking voice when I was 16. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I feel like I always really loved to sing. So that was kind of the gateway into acting. I think I had a good voice, a really strong, solid voice. And then the love for acting came through high school. I had this really incredible teacher. His name is Kyle Lewis. I think he teaches at Tuicon High School at this point. Oh fun. Um, who was just insanely professional and gave me this love of Shakespeare and of really like honest and true theater that because I had this like acting experience in like really straight theater, I was able to take that to musical theater and like transfer a lot of honesty and groundedness into this really heightened world of musical theater,
0: yes, that yeah. makes sense that, And it was like like the true, like, like the groundwork,
1: like Shakespeare. Yeah. I mean that yeah. you it's know like doing it's like studying ballet before you do modern dance or hip hop right. or whatever it was kind of like the backbone of everything. So, yeah. so I started in high school. And then when I was leaving high school, that was kind of the only thing that I really could see myself doing as a career, like wanting to study. And so, funny story, I thought for sure, because all of my siblings went to Brigham Young University, I thought that was where I was going to go too. Like that was, duh. duh. Yeah. So I was, I was all, I just had my mindset on it. So I went to audition for the MDT program, their music dance theater program.
0: Very prestigious.
1: Very prestigious and just kind of one of the biggest programs in Utah for sure. It is, yeah. And the night before I was really stressed out. And so I went to take a bath because I was so stressed. And so I get, <laughs> I get out of the bath and I couldn't get the water out of my ear. And I was like, this is so weird. Both of my ears were plugged. <gasps> and I was like, no. I so like, I like slept on my ears weird. And I tried Q-tips and all sorts of stuff to try to get the water out. And I went to my audition the next day, not being able to hear like, a thing. no
0: yeah, no It was,
1: bizarre. It was so weird. So I went to my audition and I did the best that I could. I'm sure I sounded super weird. And like, I just remember dancing being really hard. (laughs) Like, I like my equilibrium was off, and like I wasn't a yes! great dancer anyway. But with that on top of it, I'm sure I just looked insane. Oh. Um, anyway, so needless to say, that did not happen for me, which is totally fine. But what's funny is that my husband actually went to an audition on the same day. Was going to MDT. He had finished up his mission, and. He my daughter is knocking on the door. Oh. <laughs> Let her in. I'm just texting my husband Come get your daughter.
0: This is this is life with kids. This, this is, is what we do. Right we lock ourselves in the closet and our kids knock <laughs> on the do. door. We really do.
1: So my husband was on the way to the exact same audition. Um he's a couple years older than me, but he'd gotten back from a mission and he was gonna go audition for MDT. Anyway he was on his way there and turned around and was just like, I'm not supposed to be there. And so it was super. Just a feeling? And, yeah, just a feeling. And he just like was not getting the vibe and was just like, I'm not going to go to that. I don't feel good about it. I was like, weird. So I hadn't met my husband at this point, but we both found out years later that we had gone to this exact same audition. We were like that same year, the same, like how crazy. And we both met in the fall going to Weber State University at a bus stop, actually. No I know way. how crazy. So I don't know. Everything happens for a reason, is what I'm totally. trying to say. <laughs> and from
0: that audition, when when you when you didn't make it, yeah. which is so funny to it, that's so funny for me because anyone that knows you or that has seen you in plays, you are so talented. I mean, like like stupid talented. <laughs> Thank and you. so so to to know like it's almost reassuring to know that someone is amazing as you. Did not make it because yeah, I, I mean, like, look at what else. You did, though, and and right. but was that a hard decision to still not go to BYU, or was it like, how could I go to BYU without being an MDT? Like, were you yeah, so turned off from BYU in like, general? I
1: know I still want to study musical theater, Okay. and at that point, I knew nothing about Weber State, so I went to these statewide auditions um, at the UTA conference, Utah Theater Association conference, that you auditioned for a bunch of schools in one okay. room. Oh, and cool. Um, From there, I got a really great offer from Weber State University. And I was like, "That's uh, where is that? I don't even know (laughs) what that is. And so from there, I, I went up to the school to go to their specific auditions and check out the campus and had just an awesome feeling there and was like, this is where I'm supposed to be. And, you know, I think it's interesting, you know, the musical theater world A lot of people, especially like people like my mother would go, oh my gosh, that's a really scary place to send your sweet, naive daughter to. And she had a really hard time with the fact that I was going to be studying that and pursuing that. And I think she felt better about sending me to BYU thinking things were going to be more censored and all of that. Right. I think because I went to a school that was not censored for me and that i had to make the decision every day about what kind of material i wanted to perform in class and what kind of things i would say yes to and the shows that i was reading i was not reading censored shows i was reading shows that every theater across <laughs> every theater school across america is reading and i was able to kind of decide for myself what kinds of things i felt comfortable with and I don't know, gain empathy for all different kinds of people. And so I think because of that really strong foundation and that kind of testing, I was able to make those decisions going forward rather than having to make them after college, which I think is a lot harder because it's your job depends on it.
0: Right. So did you set goals and standards for yourself before saying, I'm not going to take this type of role? I'm not going to do this type of play? Or was it kind of like a case by case basis?
1: It was kind of a case by case basis. I so I studied theater in London after I, I did it. I did a semester before I got married, and then I loved it so much that after I got married, I was like, Addison, we have to go back. So we did a semester out there um, with a BYU group, actually, because they have a really great study abroad program. And so we went out there, and during that time, we saw over 30 shows. There was a the show that we saw with the entire group that was all about it was like Russia and the space race and it was very very foul <laughs> like the most foul show I remember like I mean you couldn't even get through three words together without the f word oh it, my goodness it was just crazy so in intense content everywhere and at the very end of the show there was a woman that came in she's a brand new character and they these guys have been talking this way the entire time and at the end of the show this woman comes in and this guy speaks to her that way. And she stops everything. And she said, shut your filthy mouth. <laughs> and it was like, I remember this moment so perfectly in my mind because the theater went silent because you've just been hearing all this craziness and all of this contention and all of this crap. And then all of a sudden you were like, oh my gosh. And from that moment on in the show, it was like this pristine show.
0: <laughs> no way. It was
1: really interesting because a lot of the theater group that I was with Uh, Came away with nothing from that show They were just so offended and they were so frustrated Um, And I I came Away being like the playwright Wanted you to feel that way They wanted you to feel crappy and contentious And awful and You could tell what the playwright thought About that language because of how She ended it and how and so a lot of how i think about content in shows is what did the playwright mean by it are they condoning the content you think about a show like um, grease which is a show that i grew up with which is absolutely foul it totally <laughs> it's so foul but it's done in such a fun way that no one notices nope it's it's like we all sang those
0: songs and oh, yeah. like if you listen to the lyrics of like sandra d and you're like are you kidding Ooh. me and we i knew every word i sang it for auditions all the time
1: Right, and like you sang it in like
0: girls' camp and stuff. Totally, and not really understand. Now as an adult, yes. I'm like,
1: I cannot <laughs> believe that. No, yes, it's crazy. So I, that's a show I'll never do, and it's because it glorifies the content constantly. Yes, constantly. The and intuition. there are things with with uh, different content that I think is more pure because it's showing that that content is not. It didn't have good outcomes. But the, the content in Greece is showing, Hey, you're young and you're free and like do whatever you want. So I think it's about kind of understanding the content and breaking it down just a little bit.
0: So uh, that's really interesting because there was a big controversy this year with Netflix and the show cuties and
1: I never watched it, but I do know what you're talking about.
0: Yes. And I didn't either. I just read a lot about it and The the producer argued that she was trying to make the point of, look what we're exposing our kids to, how they're internalizing it, and the decisions they're making because of the world they're living in. And she tried to justify showing 13-year-old girls doing very inappropriate dance moves, being immodest, and being over-sexualizing their their bodies and, and to show how wrong it is. However the uproar was that all these parents are like, but these girls had to audition for this role. They had, they were filmed doing these moves. Like even though they were trying to show it and look how bad this is. Yeah. But they were still showing it and selling this show. So, and it, 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 there was enough of an uprising and uproar and that Netflix shut it down. And I think they might even be being sued right now. Wow. But, but what is the difference between that, that that you say sometimes it's the intention but is it ever maybe pushed too far? Well, well, yes, you have the intention of doing this, but you're still saying the F word every 42 seconds and you're totally, still totally. showing people naked on stage. You know what sure. I mean? Like what is, what is that balance That's a really of good question. art and, and intention versus no, this is actually just wrong even no matter how you look at it.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think it is, um, it's very personal for me. It's very mild. My, my, I don't, I don't do things. I don't, I don't really, I swear on stage, like the Bible swears, you know? Um, <laughs> I love that you say
0: that. That's what I say to swears. Like, like, yeah, like the D word, the H word, the A word. I'm like, <laughs> if it's in the
1: Bible, <laughs> then I'm fine. Um, but you know, like I'm married to a performer and he, his scale is different than mine. And he grew up differently than I did. As far as what I'm viewing, that's different for me. I, and also the age thing is is different. I think these thirteen year old girls, there is no way that they could understand what they were doing and how it was how the playwright or the screenwriter would have meant it at yes. that age. Right. I don't think there's maturity enough to do that. I agree. Um, and so I think it all has it does it, it has to be case by case for sure, and it has to be something that you're okay with. There was a, a show that I recently did that you saw bright star about a girl who is kind of from the wrong side of the track sits in the 1920s and she falls in love with the mayor's son and they end up having a child together and the content was handled really beautifully and it wasn't just that it was at you know a community theater that it was handled that way that's really how it was handled on the tour or on broadway or anything yes. it was pretty much the same content and it was very tasteful and yet the actual what happened was not tasteful, right? But how it was packaged and dealt with was very beautiful. And so I think it's really interesting to kind of compare those things because when you see something like Cuties, is it Cuties? Yes. On Netflix, that's packaged really in your face and really accessible to children. Yes. But then when you think about the content in Shakespeare shows, that is pretty adult content. And sure. because it is done in it's packaged in this beautiful Shakespearean language and in things that go over your head a little bit and are not in your face, it's noted as beautiful and this um part of culture. So I, I do think it's it is about um how it is tastefully done and if you trust the people who are putting it on. Yes. And for me to go to walk onto a film set and to say, Hey, I trust you guys to handle this correctly, that doesn't happen for me very often. So I don't audition for rated R films that are filming in Utah or anything like that. I just, I'll just tell my agent, Hey, I'm actually not going to do that. Even if my character isn't really doing stuff. It's just that I don't, I don't really want to see the film and I want to be able to like yes. share with people that I did it. So I was just like, eh, no, I don't, I don't need to. And there, and if I think that the content um is something that I feel strongly about and that I think is beautifully done, then that's another case, I think. But it's all about who you trust with your representation. I think we as artists have a huge responsibility about what we represent. I think whether it's film, photography, theater, everything that you do is analyzed and is taken as this is what the real world is like right and so I think yeah you do have a responsibility to think of with each part that you take and I think you as an actor have a lot of say even though you think you don't about how things are handled and to say hey I don't feel comfortable doing that and I think this world is getting more and more prepared for stuff like that with the Me Too movement and there's a lot of things a lot of resources for actors such as um, intimacy choreographers this is a, a job now <laughs> that <laughs> people are brought in to help you facilitate like a stage kiss or anything like that, where you're able to talk to them about what you're comfortable with and what you see in the moment. And this could be just like a simple, simple stage kiss. And they can bring on this intimacy choreographer to come and help facilitate that to make sure everyone feels safe. What job? I know, right? I know one. Her name is Liz Whitaker and she's amazing. Yeah. I just, I think there's a lot more uh, resources and awareness now, whereas I think everyone has taken their responsibility out in previous years and said, well, it'll get me the part. It'll be good for my career. It's whatever. Right. And now there's a lot more resources for people to come and say, hey, I don't feel comfortable doing that. And I think and I don't have a lot have of power that. that we need to keep for ourselves because it is our I representation and it is our, our responsibility.
0: I love that. I think that's amazing. And, and how empowering to feel like I can make my own choices and it's not going to ruin my career. And yeah. I've known actresses that have said, I had to turn down roles that really hurt me. One of them was Sandra Turley. She was cast as, as Sandra D in Greece at same thing. And, and she said, but uh, like, I know what I'm auditioning for. I know what I'm doing, but I will not smoke. I will not smoke on stage. And like, that's something I won't do.
1: Yeah. And
0: she got to auditions the first day and they had cigarettes and she's like, wait a minute. I said, I wouldn't do this. And they said, oh, they're fake though. They're, they're the ones that have like the fake smoke. They're not, uh-huh. they don't have nicotine. And she said, but I, but I didn't even want the portrayal of that. Like that was my one thing. Yeah. And they said, well, then you can choose not to be in the show. And she walked away wow. and she said, and people were like calling her a prude. And what's well, just cause you couldn't handle, you couldn't carry the lead. And she's wow. like, that really affected me. But I was so proud of her that she because it was something she didn't feel comfortable doing, and and ultimately, of course, worked out for her good as well. Yeah. But have there ever been opportunities for you to ha- to have a role? Did you have you ever walked away from a role that that was maybe oh, this would be so amazing, but you didn't feel comfortable with?
1: Um I've never actually been in the situation where I've had the role be mine. I've had okay. the opportunity to audition for it. Um but I think that's mainly it is that I think we need to make sure that we are researching the shows that we're auditioning for beforehand. And there are so many opportunities out there and knowing that one opportunity where you didn't put yourself out there is okay. Like you're going to be okay. There are Zillions of other things that are better for you, Um, so I think it's just about picking and choosing and making sure you know what you're getting into beforehand. Yeah,
0: awesome. That's great advice. And and researching, like you said, the shows and what they want you to do, and the people that
1: you're working with. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. I work a lot with Hill Center Theater, and that is because I I never have to worry about it. Right. Which is amazing. Which is so nice for me. Um, but other than that, I feel like it's all about. Um, advocating for yourself. A lot of times in community theater, you won't have an agent. So you don't have a voice, a person to kind of advocate for you, for your pay, for your safety, for, so you have to make sure you have to develop that skill of saying, hey, that's not okay with me. Is there another solution? And being like proactive about it too, saying, hey, is there something else we can do here? Can I be, instead of um, smoking a cigarette, can I be sucking on a lollipop or can I be, right um, chewing gum or something like that? I think being solution oriented is also super helpful. That's awesome advice. So you're a mom now, yeah. you have
0: kids. So has that affected or, or made you slow down auditioning for roles or are you every bit as involved in theater as ever?
1: That's a good question. I think it has focused my theater career because I'm not available for every show and I can't be available for every show. I have to pick and choose really specific, perfect shows for me and my time slots. And so I think it's it's been to my strength because I'm not just, oh, Bree's here, just throw her in, like, whatever. She can play ensemble number seven. It, it's like, oh, Hey, Bree's here. Let's let's use her. Let's make sure. Yeah. So, yes and no. I think it has slowed my career, but it's also made it better because it's um, everything I do. I'm so grateful to be there, and it's very worth my time.
0: It's worth your time. So, yeah. would you say that most of the roles you take, you want to be a lead at this point, right? Uh, or, yeah, it depends or supporting on me, Right. Just so you're so it is so it's worth your time. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. I would say in theater, it's mostly about the role and the production team for me working with like uh, people that I want to work with and yeah. having like a really good experience. I love the feeling of being in a cast and in a family and working on something together to this end goal and, you know, making mistakes in front of, pe- of people is very good for your vulnerability and mental health. And yeah, that's all part of the process as well. And so it's, it is about kind of Kind of like the caliber of the role, but also like it depends on what what theater I'm in, and like in the film world, I'm very much of a baby still, and so for that, and the pay is worth it for me to to do smaller stuff in theater and be away from my family for that time. So it kind of just depends on where I am. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So after you you you've had this awesome
0: career in theater, and but recently. You have started a podcast, Pepperpot yeah. podcast, and this incredible, thriving photography business. Yeah. <laughs> so, how did you how did you start those businesses, and why?
1: Oh, so, the photography came very, <laughs> a very slap in the face inspirational, if that's a thing. Um, Just like. Yeah, one day you're like, I'm yeah. supposed to do this. Exactly. Exactly. I had done photography. I had a nice camera from the study abroads I was telling you about. Yes. I had kind of a DSLR camera, whatever I thought was a nice camera at the time. Cool. Um, that when I went back to Weber state, I had people asking me, um, if I did headshots because I had this camera. So it looked like, Oh, I knew you what, knew what, I what you were doing. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I do headshots for sure. <laughs> And so (laughs) I don't even know if I really charged people, maybe like 25 bucks. I don't know. I just, I was just like, yeah, I would like to do that with you. And I had this class in college that was all, I, I remember it was just like one day in an auditioning class where we came into the room and there were, um, headshots literally covering the entire room. And, our job was to analyze the headshots and they were actual headshots of whoever had auditioned for my professor in the last like 10 years. Like it us oh, tons wow. of headshots. And he gave us a paper and said, Hey, I need you to write down the top 10 people you would like to work with the top 10 people just from their photo. You don't see their audition. You don't see anything that you would not like to work with and why. And we went around and talked about, we analyzed these headshots. Um, how He told us like this girl walked in and he showed us like this model's headshot and she walked in and she had, she looked, I couldn't even recognize her from her headshot. It was not recognizable. She looked totally, she had her hair up in a ponytail, no makeup on. And she walks in and gives us this headshot and we're like, who is this? So all sorts of things about trying to figure out what makes a headshot look like someone you want to work with. Yeah. But we analyze like, oh, their body language looks relaxed or what she's wearing makes her look open and vulnerable. And so that class really stuck with me. I loved it. I'm a very visual learner. And so that really like, and how cool to think that this thing that you do on your own and who you choose to work with as a photographer can affect what jobs you get. That really fascinated me. And I didn't realize the effect it would have on my life at the time. But so I, I ended up taking a few headshots. I moved to Florida after I graduated. And I had a really good photographer friend out there. And I was asking her how she got started. And she was like, YouTube. I just YouTubed everything. And I was like, what the? Like, you don't even have a degree? And she was like, no. I just oh picked my up a camera. And I YouTube everything. And I was like, that's really insane to me. So when I came home, I was looking for a job. And we were living with my parents in their basement. We were very poor. And I was doing a show at Hale trying to make ends meet. And it was really crazy. And I remember a bunch of people asking me when I got home, Hey, do you still do photos? And I was like, No, I'm looking for a job. Like, I don't have time. And Not realizing. Oh, wait. The face. Like, seriously, one night I stayed up. I I was racking my brain about how we're going to pay for stuff and how we're going to move out of my parents' house. And we had a baby at the time and what we're going to do. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, I'm supposed to be a photographer. These people are asking me for, for they're telling me they're going to pay me for these things. Why am I, why am I turning that down? And I stayed up till like 3am writing. (laughs) I wrote out my logo and wrote out like what I wanted to do. And at the time I wanted to be a family photographer and weddings and whatever the money however it came in i was like whatever I'll anything yeah yeah and so i did that for a few years um right when my son was born and about 3 years ago i just started realizing that a lot of what i did gave me a lot of anxiety, like family photos and weddings were the worst <laughs> wedding photographers out there. You are my heroes. I have no idea how you do it, but it gave me a lot of anxiety. But yeah. what I always loved doing and what I looked forward to the appointments of headshots were my favorite because I always got to be around theater people, which I love anyway. And I got to be one-on-one with people, which is my jam. I always knew that like, I gained energy from that rather than depleting my energy. Awesome. And, um, and I, I knew what they were looking for because I did theater. I was like, yeah, "Yeah, I know what I want my headshot to look like. And I, I knew a lot of the parts that they were auditioning for. So I knew what kinds of genres to kind of shoot for and, um, and how to like position them or what to coach them on what to wear and all that kind of stuff. It all kind of like, worked out. And so about three years ago, I was like, what if I just said no to everything else? And I just said, no, I'm going to do headshots. And no I was way. so worried that I wasn't, I wouldn't have business because I'm like, I don't even know really any headshot photographer, headshot only photographers in Utah. Right. I was like, I don't even know if there's enough actors for that. Right. Um, it turns out there are, there are so many people that I don't know. I meet five to six new people a week that I'm like, do you do theater here? Do you do film here? No and way. It's booming. It's crazy. And it's amazing. I could not have dreamed of a better career for myself. It all happened very organically. And it plays to literally all of my strengths. It's really crazy.
0: I was going to say, it's like the perfect marriage of of your talent, as, as a performer and, and as an entertainer and as, as someone in musical theater, you know, you understand the people you're, you're photographing. And so yeah. you're like, I know what this is like. And, and I know what maybe producers are looking for mm-hmm. and, and, and what will help you get the roles and, and what it's like to, to want a role and to audition for it. And, and here's what I think. And, and I love your, your slogan is I see you and I love you. Yes. Yes. And I love that. And honestly, the so, so Bree's taken my headshots, um, recently and I love them and it was such an incredible experience. And I feel like that, I feel like, and I knew you before, but, but someone that doesn't know you when they come into the studio and they meet you for the first time uh, are instantly at ease. Like you really can feel that genuine like care and yeah. I want to bring out your strengths and I want to bring out your soul. Through photography and i know it sounds kind of cheesy but i mean it's it's it really is an art and you have to have a talent for it and you do it in such a way that makes people feel comfortable with sharing who they are and, and, and being comfortable enough to pose. And cause it can be awkward. So like awkward. I've been in so many photo shoots and had headshots that, that are so uncomfortable yes. or they make you like pose weird and do weird things. I'm like, I would never turn my head that way. So I don't feel comfortable. So yes. the picture turns out weird and I look weird and I'm like, but because I wasn't being myself
1: what and an I perfect. love that.
0: It's like, I see you and I love you. And, and, and your main goal is to just bring out yeah. that person's personality Yeah, through
1: photos. You are making my whole day right now. <laughs> this is what I hope for every headshot client. Yeah. I, it's, I see you. I know you. I love you. And I know it sounds pretty, I don't know, forward for a business to say that to you, but also that's how I feel. I feel like after every headshot session, I come out with a new best friend. Like, yes. And the best part of the whole session with, is just like talking to people. I love learning what they're going to do next and what they've done and what they've worked on and how many people we know that are in common. Yes. So it's so fun. And it's so fun to bring out the humanity in people and kind of break them down. Um, because I think a lot of people have this preconceived notion in their head about what headshots are going to be like, um, and then it's going to be uncomfortable. And then it's going to be, Hey, do your straight face, do your happy face. Let's move on, you know, And for me, I just, I like to play. I like to make you do weird things. I like it all to be action-based. So it's not just like, hey, do a serious face. It's like, okay, I want you to like close your mouth, breathe through your nose. Think about when you were peaceful on a hill. I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> I make up crap all the time. But it's mostly just to get like a feeling out of them and to um, yes. help them help people get out of their heads. I think if people are doing things instead of trying to be something, they're trying to like, I don't know, be serious or whatever it may be that they get in their heads. And as an actor, I love direction. I love when a director is able to tell me things to do to help me look better and to be more understood and communicate what I'm trying to feel better. Yes. Um, And so I just try to be your director. I just try to like lovingly (laughs) guide you into what I can see and what I is proven to me looks good. I want everyone to look hardworking and personable and, someone you could just like have a conversation with. For sure. And, and you do that through, you have so
0: many different looks and backgrounds to choose from and you can do full body. You can do the headshot. You can do, you do business branding. I mean, all of the above. Um, do you often, do you get feedback from your past clients that have said, I know this sounds silly, but this has really changed my life or this this has helped me so much. Do you ever get positive feedback like that?
1: Thank you, and it is amazing. Um, Hearing it from you is amazing, but it's uh the best feedback I ever get is like, oh my gosh, I finally have a photo that looks like me. I yes. love when I get that because I think there's so many times that I've taken a photo, not like that I've had my photo taken that I go, that doesn't even look like me. Is that how people yes. see me? Is that, and I love when I can get people to feel like, Oh, that's me. That's, that's me. the person I see in the mirror. That's the person I know is inside. Yes. I'm so happy about that because that is um it's and, and a lot of what I do photography wise, I think to most photographers, it's not it's not super technical. It's not super um groundbreaking, but the groundbreaking part for me is just breaking people down and helping them be vulnerable in front of a camera. And yeah, just showing their best selves and their most upbeat and hardworking and I don't know, just I I like to show people as welcoming and um, break down their walls a little bit.
0: I love, I love that you do that and, and that you are spreading so much light and goodness through helping others. Like, you get to you know be on stage and play these roles and 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 bless so many people's lives through your talent yeah. and then you're using your talent to help them do that as well and that's such a beautiful thing about what you do and that's that's actually exactly what I told Brad about being yourself when I saw my my pictures there was like three in particular and I was like this is this is me like that is me like that's how I see myself yeah. And Sometimes when I see myself in pictures, I'm like, "Do I look like that?" You know, like that's not like I don't see myself that way. And there's no. a few, and I'm and and we were trying to choose. And of course, my husband's like the beautiful ones. You know, yes, like gorgeous. my my most like
1: sensual you yes. know, pictures. Like, oh, that's my them. wife. And that's how I them. see you.
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> we did. And he's like, "Oh, that's how I see you." And but then there was some like, "No, this is how." I see me. yeah, And, and I had, I had a photographer in Nashville for my album that took some pictures of me that they flipped my face. And <gasps> so
1: that's I, weird. And that's I, weird. it was
0: weird. So it was, it was how others, it, it was like how others see me, but it was like me seeing my mirror, my face in the mirror <laughs> reversed. And so I was like, This is so weird. Like my eyebrow doesn't go up on my right; it goes up on my left. And so I'm looking at that, and I'm like, "They flipped my face." And I called them out on it, and they were like, "Oh, we just like the way that you were posed this way rather than this way. So we just flipped it for aesthetic reasons for the poster." And I was like, "But that is not who I am." And I hated it. And I gave that out to so many record companies and so many promos and stuff. Like, here's my picture. And every time I looked at it, I'm like. I hate this because this is not who I am.
1: I, and it was a beautiful
0: I, picture, but I was like, that is not me.
1: And I, I I, have a very asymmetrical face. So I that would bother me so bad. Totally. Me so too. Bad.
0: Yeah. And so I love that, like you said, you and you even state like in your, when you go online to book a session, you do minimal Photoshopping. Mm-hmm. I mean, enough that like it makes you look good and you feel confident, yeah. but you yeah. don't erase all the wrinkles. Nope. You don't, because
1: it's, because it's who you are. Yes, it's you absolutely. and like I want. Uh, honestly, like how the camera sees people is a little different. It's it, yes. there are things that you need to adjust in order to make it look like what you actually see. Yes. Um. And and you know it's just taking out anything that's distracting, like a hair sticking up or something, like for sure, yeah, I'll take that out. A When it has to do with like the integrity of your face, like absolutely not. Like it's right. Amazing. Your face is amazing. Like. Aren't faces just the most interesting thing? They're so intriguing. And to take a part of your story away is just, it's, it's not worth it to me. I love that you keep that integrity and that, yeah. you, th- that you
0: decided, no, I'm going to yeah. just keep it as real as possible. So speaking of that, you have a podcast too yes. that you do. Mm-hmm. And so when did that come about? And you've interviewed, oh my gosh, some of like the most amazing actresses and actors on Broadway that have done like the coolest things. So when do you have time to do that in between plays and
1: (laughs) taking pictures? (laughs) Well, uh, quarantine gave me a whole lot of time to record. Oh, bless quarantine. Some good things came out of it. Yes. Seriously. Like that was the one thing that saved me through a lot of those like first weeks of quarantine is because all of these Broadway actors were all of a sudden not doing anything. So they were sitting at home with their parents and they were like, yeah, I can talk about Broadway. Like, let's do it. Awesome. So I was able to like really take advantage of that and record from my home and do it all like how we're doing COVID safe and whatever. But the podcast started about a year ago. I realized in sessions that people were needing a little bit more help than I was able to give them time for. Um, They would want, you know, and I assume, I assumed in my mind that a lot of people knew what I knew from going to college for this and they don't. And like, especially a lot of like parents of children trying to do theater they have no idea what a self tape looks like or what a resume is supposed to look like or what to wear for a headshot or whatever. There's a lot of misconceptions about how the business works, I guess. Yeah. And so I would have these amazing conversations with people. I have, I really do have amazing clients who come from New York to shoot with me because I'm cheaper than New York prices, obviously. So they can get, they can get a plane ticket and pay my prices and still save money. Oh my gosh. I know. New York is crazy. And so I'll have people from LA and Chicago and Georgia and from New York, which are kind of the big hubs of, of theater and film come to me. And a lot of them are friends from college or I did a show with them you know, eight years ago or whatever. And they have followed my page for a while and they come back and they're like, Oh my gosh, I'm so glad that we could get legit photos in Utah that will hold up in LA and in these cities. Right. And I would talk to them and just be like, so how did you do that? Well, how did you get an agent? Well, how did you? And so I'm learning so much and like taking all this stuff in and it's this knowledge that I think was going to waste. And so I just had this thought one day of like, what if I recorded these conversations and then people who were interested in moving to Georgia and LA and wherever would be able to listen to them and be able to like kind of piggyback off of that and maybe have a friend because they heard their voice. They have yeah. a friend in that city. And I have, I've had people who will say like, I listened to your podcast and I went and found this person. I DM them and I, and we went to coffee in New York or whatever. So, you know, it's all about just making the world a little bit smaller than yes we assume because it is very intimidating. And I had zero idea what the options were when I left for college, after college, um, I did the Disney route, which was safe and had health insurance, and I had the job when I left Utah, and so it was just like a very risk-free thing for me because they relocated me and it was still out of state, so it's fun. But other than that, I was just terrified. And there's so many avenues to make uh, Broadway work for you, or film in LA, or whatever. That I just wanted to kind of help people understand what was available to them. And hopefully just like, yeah. So what's funny is that the podcast really is what's it's, I mean, it's a completely free podcast, but it all, it all funnels into people listening to my voice and going, Oh, she's my friend. She's not intimidating to shoot with. I can talk to her (laughs) to her for headshots or something. So it really has been this huge, I don't know. I, again, just making the world a smaller place for me and a more friendly place for me. And that that's the feedback I get on the most is the podcast. I get so much feedback from people saying, "Oh, my gosh, I'm so glad that you recorded this. I had no idea what to do and now I know. And um, it's just amazing. It's like, and just realizing that, you know, there isn't this set amount of success out there in the world. We can help right. each other out. We can all yes. We we can all piggyback off of each other, and if we do it in an honest way to ourselves, and in an original way to ourselves, then you're not taking away from someone else's success.
0: No, and it, and it it makes you more successful too, and, and totally. that's what I love so much about about you and your podcast and your business is that you genuinely want to help people. Yes. You want to help them succeed in their auditions in theater. You want to help share your knowledge of what you're doing and have them audition for plays. It's not this I it's not this competitive like no, I'm doing this, you can't do it because then there's not room for me. It's like Right. There is room for all of us. Let's all yeah. help each other, and I think that's why people feel so safe opening up and talking to you yeah. because it's like, oh, we all can help each other and and support each other. And why not? Why not do that instead of be competitive and closed off and mean? Yeah. And there's not a scarcity of opportunity.
1: No, and that's something that I'm. That mentality is uh, it's rank in theater and in photography too. Just of this idea of like well, if you do that, I can't do that. And if, yes, you know, you're stealing my part. And what I've learned in doing theater for over 15 years now is like, you, there is always another show always. Yes. Um, there will be it, literally the next month, there will always be another show unless it gets shut down with COVID. <laughs> unless, that, unless another pandemic comes. Yes, but. <laughs> exactly. But Other than that, like there will always be more opportunities. And even if your show does get shut down, there are other opportunities to be had because of that. Yes. Um. I was able to record more podcasts. I was able to focus more on the integrity of the business. So I'm like, there's always something to be had and someone is not stealing what could have been yours. Yes. And if it, if it wasn't yours in the first place, then <laughs> you were supposed to do something else and learn something else. But I, 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 yeah. And I feel that way in photography as well Is like you, there's a lot of photographers out there. Utah a saturated market. I always thought when I started the business, I have to go for the big stuff. If I want this to be a full-time thing, I have to go for the weddings. I have to go for the big family photos, whatever it may be. But <laughs> when I realized that that's not what I loved to do and I was like, okay, we're going to take a risk and just, do what i love and even though i haven't seen it work successfully for anyone else in utah really that's why it works for me is cuz it's original to me there's no other like actor specific headshot photographer in utah and like what a blessing what a what a niche for me to be able to fill because i followed my heart and did what i love to do
0: Yes. And I agree with you. I think we all have talents and abilities and we all have paths and there's room and space for all of us to do what we are supposed to do, to do the amount of good we are supposed to do in this world. And, and not to shy away from that and think, well, someone else can do that. No, like the world needs you in your acting podcast, photography, (laughs) you know, talent, girl. Yes. Like the world needs all of us with our things. And I, and that's one of the reasons I love that you're like, I'll come on your podcast. Well, she has a podcast too. I can't interview her for mine. It's Yay. not competition. It's like, this is it's, and it's so fun. And just cause you're amazing. And I love you. And I want to, oh my to gosh. You. And you are going to be on my podcast. We've already talked about <laughs> it. See, and I love that we can, we can do that and, and, and support each other, especially yeah. as women, like support each other and, and our talents and our goals and our dreams. And because, it makes life so much better when we do.
1: It really does, and it's um, something that you, your like limited mind can't even think about the possibilities of how awesome it could be. And yes, it, it, so many more possibilities open up when you live that way. For sure.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. So if people want to set up a photo shoot with you for headshots or, or how can they listen to your podcast or where can they see you in shows? Give us all the details about how we can have more Brie in our life.
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. So my website is pepperfoxphoto.com. You can check out my work on there and the pricing is all on there. I have no secrets. You can go on there and book an appointment right on my scheduler, or you can email me and say, Hey, how's your life? How's it going? I want headshots and we'll talk and then, uh, yeah. And you can follow me on Instagram as well. PepperFoxPhoto. Fox photo. And as far as the podcast goes, I am on Apple podcast. I'm on Spotify. I'm on Google play, all of the usual things. Awesome. Um, Pepper Fox podcast is what it's called. And yeah, I, have just guests from all over the world. I just have my, my international, my first international guest. She's from Wicked. She, she was Linda. amazing. Wasn't I love,
0: yes, she was. I, I loved know. that
1: one. She was incredible. And just like, I just talked to the coolest people. They, um, and they have so much to share. And I share some of my tips about what to wear to headshots and, um, how to prepare for an audition and all that kind of stuff as well. And some of it is a little bit of travel. Like I had a New York episode about what to eat and what shows to see and all that. So kind of fun. Stuff. So all about theater and fun things. And yeah, I would love to see you guys. So let do me. do you know. have any shows coming up? Or are you going to be in any shows? I don't. I submitted a self-tape yesterday. So cross your fingers. Hey. But yeah, things have been Uh, a lot harder with COVID for sure for live theater film stuff has picked up a little bit more, which is great, but I've really enjoyed just being home. (laughs) It's been nice. (laughs) It's very stressful to do a show during COVID. I did finish one up in, was it August? Yes. And it was very stressful. Um, So it's kind of been a while to kind of get back into it because you have to kind of decide if it's worth it. And if you are feeling brave and, you know, and if you feel good about it, you, you just have to make sure that you, are not getting pressured in and you feel awesome about it. For sure. Yeah.
0: Well, I hope that you do another show sometime soon, just so I can see you on stage and listen to you again. You were incredible and bright star. And that's the first Mm -hmm. time I've like seen you live you know like Like without being on stage with me without being on stage with you and it was it was like honestly I listened to that soundtrack I'm not kidding for like a month straight I had one of my voice students sing Asheville for our voice recital
1: oh my gosh it gives me chills just thinking about it
0: and then you did and you did a whole photo shoot with the cast for that
1: after (gasps) 2 wasn't that fun so amazing and that's one of the things that you just like I don't know once you have the skills to do things you can share them with other people and not feel like, oh, I need to get paid for this or whatever. Yes. We all need a little pick me up. This is a really hard time. And let's remember this show that was just like a, a bright beacon for all of us during a really dark time. And you can use your talents in so many different
0: ways. And you have so many different talents. I just love you. And I'm so grateful. Thank you for coming on my podcast today and for all the good you are doing.
1: Oh, well, thank you so much for having me and thinking that I fit the criteria for doing good. Thank you. Totally. 100%. (laughs) If you want to listen to Bree's podcast, it's Pepper
0: Fox podcast. And like she said, it's on Spotify and Apple and all of those places. Um, check out her Instagram page, Pepper Fox photo and see the headshots that she does. And if, if it would be something that you, or maybe your kid or a neighbor, someone that you know would be interested in doing. And if you want to listen to more of the doing good podcast, mine is exclusive to the our turtle house app. So download, share and listen. Thanks you guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of Doing Good with Carmen Herbert, available exclusively inside Our Turtle House. At Our Turtle House, there's something for the whole family. From full-leg talks that you can't get anywhere else from some of your favorite speakers, to fun family home evening lesson plans that follow the Come Follow Me curriculum. There's even short daily devotionals made specifically for your teens. Plus, you can get two months free when you sign up for an annual plan. Just go to OurTurtleHouse.com to get started. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you back here for another episode of Doing Good next week.